Welcome to a special episode of the Made for Hope podcast, Christmas edition. I'm Sarah R. Ward, and today I'm talking to Victoria Durstock, who's a writer and speaker who loves to talk about home and family. She's a home design enthusiast with seven books, and her latest ones combine lovely photography with inspiring projects that keep the focus on Jesus. Her Christmas release is called Advent Devotions and Christmas Crafts for Families, 24 Scripture Reflections and Simple Projects to Anticipate Christ's Birth. I had the chance to sit down and talk with Victoria about ways we can simplify the holidays, start family traditions, and have a meaningful Christmas. I think you'll enjoy this conversation and pick up a few ideas for making Christmas more meaningful this year while keeping things simple. So here's our conversation. We're talking about the Advent season today and talking about Christmas. And I wanted to ask you first, what was Christmas like growing up for you? Well, it was very quiet. I'm an only child. So growing up, um, it was it was an event mostly for me in some ways. <laughs> um, you know, it, it was always nice to have mom and dad um, give gifts. They, their favorite thing was to always ask what I wanted and have me make lists. And they were always, um, they loved surprising me, but they also loved giving me the things that, you know, I, I really did want. And so, um, I'm an evangelist's daughter. We didn't have a ton of things. So Christmas was always special because they, they worked really hard to make that a special time, but it was quiet. Um, and it was different. Uh, Several of our years we spent in Australia when I was little, my mom is from Australia and it is summer during Christmas. And so it's hot. (laughs) (laughs) Very different than here. Very different. Yes. So my, my Christmases growing up are quite different probably than the average, uh, average mom and uh, a woman out there. Wow. So you have several kids, right? Yes. Um, And how have you incorporated special memories into your own family's Christmas? It's been really interesting. Obviously, as a, a mom who is an only child, having multiple children is its own kind of weird challenge. Um, it's it's kind of funny because I will often think, is this normal? You know, is this interaction between between siblings normal? And of course, now they've made it to 23, 19, and 16, and we homeschooled many of those years. So, oh, wow. Um, I, <laughs> There, there were a lot of moments where I felt like um, as a mother, I just didn't measure up and I wasn't quite good enough. So Christmas time was always um, special because we would take a break from homeschooling, which was always nice. <laughs> and then we would kind of dig into the whole baking and crafting and um, making gifts, just just the fun kind of elements of the Christmas season and decorating and it's funny to talk to them now about what their favorite memories are, because sometimes it's not quite what I um, imagined it to be, what, what the things I thought they really valued um, were. Sometimes it's the simple things like the breakfast casserole that we have every Christmas morning. Mm. It has sausage in it and it is delicious. But if we are never, if we are ever not at home for Christmas morning, they want to know if I'm still making it. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Sometimes it's all about the food, right? Yes. 
with our kids. I've realized that I have a 14-year-old and a three-year-old. And so mm-hmm. the three-year-old's obviously too young to really know, understand um, the traditions of Christmas, though he loves them. But my 14-year-old does. And she's the same way where she's like, are you going to make this on Christmas morning? <laughs> are you going to make this through the Christmas season? It's really yeah. about the food for her. It so. is. It is. So then what was your inspiration for your new book, which is called Advent Devotions and Christmas Crafts for Families, 24 Scripture Reflections and Simple Projects to Anticipate Christ's Birth. So why did you write this book? Tell us a little more about it. Well, it's a really exciting story uh, to share because Heart and Home uh, books came out in 2019, and they are short devotionals that combine design basics and design tips with the truth of scripture. And when I proposed Heart and Home, um, and it was picked up by Abingdon Press, I also at the time suggested that I could see a Christmas book coming, that it would be really awesome to have a secondary volume that had a Christmas theme. And what happened last Christmas was that so many sweet mamas would send me messages and say, these short devotions are just the right size for us to sit down together in the mornings before the kids go to school or before they go on with their day. And we read them together. And and because there's beautiful pictures inside the book as well, they love just sitting and looking at them. And, And they would share the stories with me and At the time, I was under contract for writing uh, the hospitality book, which released this fall. And I just went to my editor and I said, you know, my my publisher does not do children's books, but I have this suggestion from these moms that they would love to see a heart and home for Christmas for kids. And I said, instead of design tips, it would be so fun to add uh, like activities like crafts. And so really the book I proposed to her was Heart and Home for Christmas for Kids. And it has changed uh, quite a bit uh, as it was developed throughout this year and contracted last Christmas to come out this year. And it's been so fun to watch, but it really was inspired because moms mentioned, you know, the kids love looking at the pictures and they love hearing me read to them these short devotionals that get us focused on the real reason for Christmas. And so uh, this book was birthed from that conversation. Mm. I love that to hear the development of how this book evolved and how it was a response to what moms wanted and what they felt like they needed and, and could use with their families. So what was your favorite part of this book or maybe your favorite project (laughs) Um, Well, you know, it it was fun to share a couple of the different projects. Some of them were ones I had done before. My mom uh, is the inspiration behind uh, Mimi's um, origami boxes. Um, She Mm. used to always create these from leftover Christmas cards every year. And she'd put a couple of little M&M treats inside of them. They're tiny little boxes once you have them all folded up. And the kids would come over, my children would come over and they would always look for Mimi's little boxes. And they would open those and it, it it wasn't an expensive treat it was just a fun little something and she did it every year and so that it was fun to include that particular project because it was so meaningful um, for our family yeah 
And, uh, but probably the funniest one to include was one that had to do with sheep. A lot of the, a lot of the craft projects that I put together, I wanted it to not be where, you know, moms were having to scour the country for the items to make the crafts. I mean, there's nothing worse than having everything but one item when you're trying to sit down and do a project. Yes. <laughs> or, you know, you need to order something else, you know, so you can't do it today. So I wanted, I really wanted a lot of the crafts to be things that were accessible fairly easily. And um, so we were actually trying to wrap up uh, this book and, and my sheep my little sheep that I wanted to make, none of them worked the way I wanted them to, or they needed um, items that I just couldn't get in because we were creating this when some of the, the shutdowns started happening. And oh, so, wow. um, you know, it was kind of complicated and um, humorous and looking back, but at the time it was a little bit stressful. So I was standing inside of a Dollar General store down in Alabama because we had gotten away as a family. And I, ha- I mean, I just had to make this thing happen. Um, and I was walking around going, I, I need to figure this lamb, little lamb project out. And so I found cotton balls and, and it kind of rolled from there, but it was not, <laughs> it was not simple, but it is definitely memorable. <laughs> I think we're going to have a lot of these examples after COVID is done yeah. of like how we may do with what we had and we're creative even yes. in the midst of it, like you were. That's yeah. amazing, Victoria. Well, you just, you go on to plan B or plan E or Z at that point. You know, I was just like, oh, you know, how am I going to do this? But it, but it was fun and it was exciting to put together and just, um, it, it was, it was challenging. And, and my thought at the time was, well, at least things will be back to normal, you know, by the time the book comes out. <laughs> um, so, you know, others, well, not so much, you know, we're not quite back to normal. So it's, um, it's fun to be able to look at that and just say, you know, that was special. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that this year is going to be a different kind of Christmas for families. We're going to be focused more on intimate gatherings and just spending time with our kids, hopefully, um, even the big kids, if they can come home. Hopefully there'll they'll be more intimacy this year. Maybe the gatherings won't be as big, but I think a lot of women are looking to build those family traditions into the holidays, even if there's just a few people. So what advice can you offer for women on building their own family traditions into the holidays this year? Uh, you know, there's a, there's a couple things to consider. Um, one is just that being intentional, which I know that word gets thrown around a lot, but it's, it's kind of planning ahead in some ways. It's preparing in advance to be intentional, to um, have that focus. And so I feel like um, a book like Advent Devotions and Christmas Crafts helps us do that. Um, there are craft uh, supply lists by week at the back. Um, there are questions with each devotional. So it's an intentional, hey, this is important um, sharing of these ideas together, mm-hmm. um, whether whether the crafts happen or not. You know, the crafts are kind of secondary. Yeah. My, yeah. Thought, my thoughts were, you know, maybe if they had their fingers in something or doing something, sometimes we can share things doing life together a little easier than we can when we're trying to sit down and teach a lesson. Yeah. Um, and so more than anything, you know, it's that, it's just that preparation. It's that planning ahead of, you know, let's, let's do this on, on purpose 
And then it's a personal preparation that has to happen in our hearts. Um, if we're not, if we're not personally keeping our eyes on the reason for our season for, for Jesus's birth and, and for what all of, what that means long-term for us. It's not just the birth, but, but what that meant for us as Christians, as believers, then, then we will get lost in the flurry and the activity. And some years in past, you know, it's been all about the recitals and the parties and the games and the, and, and, you know, all of the stuff. And, and this year it's all kind of um, stripped away because of, because of what we're dealing with. And we get that opportunity to kind of reset and get to say, you know, maybe it's a quiet evening with hot chocolate, you know, setting up a hot chocolate bar and just saying, let's have some fun. Are you going to put marshmallows in or chocolate sprinkles or um, sit by the fire and have conversations with each other about, about why we celebrate? Hmm. That's so good, Victoria. I love that. Especially the part about being intentional and that it doesn't just always happen spontaneously, that sometimes there's a little bit of effort and purpose there of keeping the focus where it needs to be. Do you mm -hmm. think that intentional focus came naturally for you, like when your kids were little, or was that something that you had to kind of craft and cultivate in your own life? <laughs> oh, goodness, no. I wish it, <laughs> I wish it came naturally. Um, I, you know... <sighs> There's so much I look back on and I um, just pray God's grace to fill in my gaps. Um, that's just, that's my motherhood legacy is, you know, Lord, just do what I failed to do mm. and fill them in the places where I, where I failed to say what I needed to say or do what I needed to do or be who I needed to be. Um, just have your grace fill those gaps. And, and there's been multiple times along the way where he has proven that he does and he will. Um, but I look back and I say, man, I, I used to make so many things, these high priorities. Um, and when you sit down and you actually ask your children, what is it that you really want to do this Christmas? Or what is it that really makes you excited for the Christmas season? Or what is it about Advent that you love? Again, I, I'm always surprised by the answers. It's either a simple food or it's a um, getting to choose um, my Christmas movie or, you know, it's something very simple. And the reality is sometimes we run ourselves ragged trying to make these elaborate things happen when it's, when it's really much more simple than that. Hmm. And I wish I had always done it well, but I haven't, but I do try now that I am <laughs> much older to, to remember those lessons and then to share them with others so that they can, they can enjoy them much sooner than I did. Yeah. I'm glad that you admitted that this didn't come naturally to you early on, because I think as women, we sometimes put that pressure on ourselves, like this should be just naturally happening. We should just be intentional. But the fact that you had to, that you learned this, that there was growth over time, that's such an encouragement. Because again, as an only child, you know, for me, harmony always was kind of quiet, you know, like yeah. <laughs> there was an absence of conflict. And um, that's just not real life. Uh, when you have siblings and you have people who um, operate differently from each other. And so I've had to learn over time that harmony didn't always necessarily mean that, that there was never conflict. But harmony, many times, especially in our own homes, has to do with how we view each other. And the fact that we have to trust that each person still has our best interest at heart. We may not agree with them in the moment, or they may have us frustrated or, um, 
uh, irritated about something they've done, but that doesn't mean they are out to get us. We have to believe the best about each other. And I think when we have a mindset of believing the best about each other, then harmony um, happens a little bit more regularly yeah. <laughs> in the home. And it's, it is a, it is a work in progress. I think that it would be so nice to be one and done and say, I've learned this lesson and um, you've learned this lesson and now we'll always be harmonious. But um, I, I, it's just, that's not how God operates and that's not how we are. We're human and um, our homes are, are filled with humans and we have to just continually, and, and as a mom, I'm always reminded it's a lot of it is um, gonna be reliant on how dedicated I am to spending time in God's word and praying and making sure that personally I'm where I'm supposed to be so that my reactions are what they're supposed to be. Hmm. That's wonderful advice. That is so true for me. When Mm -hmm. I've had that time in God's word, when I've had that focus, it does help me to go through the day and want to create those relationships, those purposeful and intentional relationships and foster unity and harmony. Like you said, I think that's fantastic advice and really helpful, especially because Christmas can be pretty overwhelming for most women. We have to buy all the gifts a lot of times and decorate the home and go to all the kids' Christmas things. And maybe that's changed a little bit this year, but What advice can you offer to overwhelmed women as they face the holidays? Any tips or tools that will help us manage expectations around our celebration? I love talking about expectations because uh, many times what we expect our families want um, isn't actually what they really want. It's what I have imagined in my head that they need or that they have to have or want. Uh, Many times it's more simple than what I have envisioned in my head. And while we can do a lot of things and we can, you know, I'm, I'm all about doing it all as a overachiever type <laughs> A personality. Uh, often that's where I get worn out is because I've taken on too many things or I've taken on um, even, you know, even ministering in the church and, and doing church activities, all the things that are good and, and, and right many times they can be overwhelming at the same time because we've said yes to too many things. And then our family bears the brunt of those yeses. And so um, don't try to do it all. You know, um, ask, ask your family, what is your favorite thing that we do at Christmas time? That's my favorite thing to do now is just say, take a step back and say, what is your favorite um, thing that we do? And um, for our children right now, their favorite thing is working outside and decorating with lights. And, you know, that's not even my department. That's my (laughs) husband's department. So, you know, for me, I'm like, okay, let's do that. And they, they love baking. I came home um, the other night and the two older girls were actually sitting down, putting together a gingerbread house that they had gone out and bought on their own. And I was like, this is hilarious because when they were younger, you know, and I would sit them down to do all these things. Sometimes they'd be like, oh, Oh, mom, you know, <laughs> and, and give me that whole, like, we, we're too cool for this. Um, but now they're doing it on purpose and um, together. And it's just so fun to kind of watch uh, in this season as they're older, what, the, what they choose and what they seek out to do together. Um, my kids are fans of hot chocolate. So a fun hot chocolate bar is always in season. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great idea. Now, I'm just curious with having older kids, do they ever tell you things that they don't want to do, that they don't care about doing, um, that you can think of off the top of your head that you thought, oh, this is so special. And they're like, nah, we don't care about that. 
Yeah, some, I mean, sometimes some of the decorating things, I, I was surprised um, because the, the more I would decorate and put things through the house, um, they, they just it didn't. It was the simple um, activities that they enjoyed. And we, like we said earlier, sometimes it's the breakfast casserole or the um, monkey bread and, and things yeah. that they just associated with what we do. You know, this is what we do on Christmas. Um, and then leading up just that focused energy and activity. They didn't want all the parties. They didn't want all the all the extra stuff. They just enjoyed some of the simple things. And I think we can all embrace simple because that's yes. so much easier, really. And, you know, yeah, and, and bringing them in on the process of, of baking or um, doing some of the simple things, but even the gift type items, you know, so some of the crafts that we can create that are gift items so that we can do something for someone else. Those are the more, the most meaningful. Um, my middle daughter is very um, gift oriented. That's how she gives love to people. Yeah. She loves to give gifts. Well, and so when she can put her own kind of stamp on them, whether she's making a candle or a jar of a sugar scrub or whatever it is, those are the things that are meaningful to her because she is communicating her love. And so it's really fun to watch that develop in them as well. Hmm. I'm glad you brought up the gifting um, because I think that's one of the things we need to recognize in our family members that some, for some, like you said, gifts are very important mm -hmm. and giving those gifts, creating those gifts actually means so much to them mm -hmm. um, and to, to join them in that process, if they'll allow you to do that. Yes. <laughs> some kids don't, they want to do right, things right. their own way, but if they do, that can be a really meaningful moment. And I, I hadn't thought of that. So I think that's, um, something good that I'm going to keep in mind this Christmas. Finally, one last question before we close today. How do you personally keep your focus on Jesus at Christmas time, especially you have a book out. We've had two books out um, this fall. How can we do that in the midst of such a challenging year, keeping our focus on Christ? You know, it, it bears repeating that if I'm not spending time daily um, in God's word, um, reading, memorizing, meditating, studying, and um, praying, then these spiritual disciplines, they're the ones that keep me rooted and grounded. They're the ones that keep me um, on track, on the right tasks, and, and not distracted. And so when I'm not in God's word, like I'm supposed to be, that's when things kind of all get derailed and dysfunctional. When I'm spending time, even if it's not a lot of time, I'm afraid sometimes when I say um, this in interviews that people think, well, I don't have two hours in a day. And I've been there. I, I had kids that were early risers and late risers, you know, and, you know, all day long, we'd homeschool. There, there wasn't a lot of extra hours in the day. So don't, when I say spend time daily as much as you can, but that may be in this season, that might be short. And that's one reason I love short devotionals, because if I can give you a truth that you can chew on for, throughout the day, then maybe that is better than if um, you try to find an hour of time that's free and never find it. So you never get a chance to dwell um, on even just one really salient point uh, for the day. And so um, that's why I love short devotionals, just because I feel like I've been in those seasons and I know I can't spend hours I would love to, but I'm, I'm more of a Martha. I'm not a Mary. Yeah. And I would love to sit and just study God's word, but it's not always the 
the time is not always afforded. So I would encourage, you know, whatever time you can spend and then meditate on that. So that might mean um, writing a verse on a three by five card and carrying it with you or putting it on your phone. But it also, I've done this as well. I'll take a dry erase marker and I'll write a verse on a window that I'm going to walk by a few times in a day. And I will read that. One of my favorites is, um, he who started a good work in you will perform it until the um, till he completes it in you. And I love writing that out because then I see it and I dwell on it. Um, or even um, buying particular pieces of art for your walls, but then have verses on them. You know, they have things to encourage you so that when your eye hits it, you're reminded of that truth of God's word. And, and you know, the nice thing about Christmas and Advent is that, those things are readily available for us because because we're all focused on the birth of Christ. So it's a great time to kind of add some of that in, but p- keeping our focus on him personally is so important if we want to share it with our family. Thanks to my guest, Victoria Durstock, who can be found at victoriadurstock.com. A link to her website, as well as her new book, will be in the show notes. Also, be sure to check out some special Christmas ideas at the website for her book, which is adventdevotionsandchristmascrafts.com. If you're looking for a special way to celebrate Advent with a family, I've released a family Advent guide that gives you five special ways to celebrate the birth of Christ with scripture, a Christmas carol, and a devotional, along with special activities for kids. You'll have a new way to celebrate the season of Advent, and the link for that will be in the show notes. Thanks for joining me on the Made for Hope podcast. Be sure to check out past episodes at madeforhopepodcast.com.